again, and happy Father's Day. Um, I was a little shocked when Pastor David asked me to preach, so I thought, you know, it's a man's day, <laughs> but, you know, praise God, amen, if, if you know, if we're here, we can preach, praise the Lord. It's, well, there you go, <laughs> hallelujah, and if you're here for the first time, we welcome you too, we're just so glad to have everyone. Well, let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for this morning's service. We're so delighted to be in your presence. And we're delighted to be with each other. Um, And we thank you, Father, for the opportunity and the privilege to come together to worship you, to to honor you with the tithes, with the offerings, to come before you and learn of you together. And I pray this morning for every ear to be anointed to hear for minds to be open and hearts to be receptive to your word, that we be changed from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today I wanted to uh, minister to you about uh, the subject of honor. And um, as I was reflecting upon my life growing up, uh, and the father, my wonderful father, who is, is also with the Lord um, today, uh, I was thinking about different things that he taught me and uh, and really exemplified as well. You know, they, they say that, I've heard someone say, um, you know, your actions are speaking so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. And so um, sometimes we can hear things, but when we see things, when we see uh, the example set before us, it really speaks so loudly. And I thank God that I had a father that not only taught me, but um, actually uh, walked out um, these things before me. And uh, one of the main things that he taught me was honor. And uh, I thank God for that. Uh, as pastor said, you know, if you didn't have a father, if you didn't grow up, I mean, everyone has a father, but if you didn't grow up with a father, thank God the Bible also teaches us to honor and so we can learn it regardless if uh, if we had a family that was intact or not. And I thank God for this wonderful subject, and I believe it's so vitally important, especially in our world today, um, the subject of honor. So I'm going to start with Ephesians chapter 6, and I know this is very familiar to most of you, but again, I think it, it just speaks volumes about what we are... Uh, focusing on today in this service. So if you would turn with me to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And the Bible says here, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. In a world, you know, where they say, well, there's no absolutes, you know, and um, what is right, what is wrong? Well, the Bible says right here exactly what's right. right. Amen. <laughs> Children, obey your parents in the Lord, For this is right. And then the second verse says, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. When God does things or says things, especially when he is suggesting or maybe even commanding us uh, in certain ways, I have figured out over maybe 40, 50 years of being saved (laughs) that it's for my sake. Amen. You know, he does things for our sake because he has all he needs. He's, you know, he's perfect. Like we sang this morning, he's perfect in all of his ways. 
So if he's telling us to do something or to be a certain way, it's to help perfect us, to bring us to a place of maturity. And so when he says things like this, it's not necessarily for his sake, but it's certainly for our sake. And he said, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. So there's a promise that goes along with this. And listen to what it is. That it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. It's quite a promise, isn't it? Because it's one thing to live a long time and to have a horrible life. (laughs) It's one thing to live a long time and suffer all the way through your life. But this scripture says not only will you have long life, but it'll be well with you. And, uh, And I like, you know, I like wellness scriptures because you can apply them to so many different areas of your life. We use, you know, we sometimes use the terminology, uh, they're well off. Um, in, in, in what we're thinking then is usually financially. So when he says it'll be well with you, you can even take that as financial wellness. Amen. That's pretty good, isn't it? It's a great promise. And then um, if we're talking about wellness, we can also even apply it to our mental health. Wow, that would go a long way today, wouldn't it? To be emotionally well, to be uh, mentally well, because mental illness is a horrible torment, and it's so prevalent nowadays, especially in our world when we think everything's available. You could have anything you want. You know, so much help from so many, you know, areas and yet people suffer so from mental sickness, mental illness. Well, this scripture says it'll be well with you. And then, of course, physical health. Yes. Amen. That's wellness, isn't it? Yes. You can be well and healthy in your relationships. So this really covers so much of our lives, this promise And the promise comes because of obedience and honor. I used to share this with my children, probably you did too, when I disciplined them, when I corrected them. And, uh, you know, I would uh, usually spank my children. Yes, I believe in spanking. I don't believe in child abuse, but I do believe that God made the rod and he made a special, wonderful padded place to use that rod. And so uh, if it's properly used, then you get the results of, of this promise in your, in your children's lives. Thank God. So, uh, you know, I would, say, I would usually spank them, and then I would, you know, before I spanked them, if they were disobedient or if they had a bad attitude. Because, see, honor is all about attitude. So this is, you know, not just obeying, but you obey with a good attitude, with a cheerful attitude. And really, we can apply this to our walk with God as well, right? Yeah. Amen. Um, do it and do it in, ha- with, with a happy smile on your face. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, uh, with, you know, with either one of these things, either dishonor or disobedience, then, then I would tell them what they did wrong, and then I would spank them. And then I would pray with them and, and we would say, okay, it's all, all over, all done. We're not going to talk about it again. Amen. Not going to ever remind you of this because God forgives and forgets. Hallelujah. And so, you know, it's a kind of a, 
uh, teaching process with children. But I believe also, because we're children of God, that um, this is, these are really good lessons for us as well. And to obey Him and also to honor Him. And God says He will honor those who honor Him. I believe that He wants, He wants to honor us. And He wants us to, uh, to feel honored, to feel respected. Amen? Um, he wants your life to be very significant. And He wants you to be very significant. And really, when you're born again, you're born of God, you are very significant. And um, so a, a, a definition of honor is, is just high respect, uh, to esteem greatly, to regard with great respect, and uh, even the word reverence is a synonym there for honor and respect. And we... We can honor and respect, first of all, God, I believe, um, with our affections, with our worship, as we, we did earlier, uh, lifting our hands, worshiping, uh, you know, sometimes even what we don't think about maybe as honoring Him could be shouting to the Lord. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's good to shout. Amen. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. I think if we did more shouting in here, we might not be shouting so much out there. <laughs> Dancing before the Lord. You know, I think there's nothing better in the whole world than a good Holy Ghost dance. It just is wonderful. And if you've never danced before the Lord, you should get into your house and just try it. Amen. Just you and the Lord. You could start there. Hallelujah. So in our actions to honor him. And then, of course, this morning, um, as we receive the tithes and the offerings, the Bible says, honor the Lord with your first fruits, with your substance, with your first fruits. So that's another way we show honor to God. And then we honor him also by esteeming his word very highly, respecting his word. Um, you know, I believe, I, I, I love the Bible and, you know, uh, Brother Hagin used to say, if you can't write in your Bible, throw it away or put it on the coffee table and get one you can write in. But, but I do, I do remember, you know, as growing up, my grandparents and my great grandparents, they had such a reverence for the Word of God that they even treated their Bible yeah. with reverence. And I write in mine. I mean, I have used so many Bibles through the years, they just fall apart. Have you, have you seen your, Bible just fall apart, the book of James comes out, or Ephesians comes out. But they say if your Bible's torn up, your life won't be. So then that's all right, right? Just use it. Amen? Read it. Meditate on it. But these words uh, have to be hidden in our heart and spoken in our mouth um, in order for uh, for, uh, us to, to participate in this abundant life that Jesus paid for. So we are to highly esteem the Word of God so that whatever subject comes up in in our world or in our life, the first thing that should come to our mind is what does the Word say? What does the Bible say about this? That's how we honor God. That's how we honor His Word is that it is first place in our mind 
when it, when it, something comes up. Amen? Yes. And, and so in our world today, of course, we see a, a lot of dishonor. We see a lot of dishonor toward our flag. Yes. We see a lot of dishonor toward the national anthem. You know, if we were ever taking a knee, it was bowing to God, which probably would be a really good idea for, for all of us. Paul said, you know, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I was always taught during the national anthem, you stand up. And you honor uh, the men and women who fought and died for this country and gave their lives. Amen. And uh, those who are... Uh, in places of authority, whether we agreed with them or not. Right? Hallelujah. So honor is of God, and um, it is something that will connect us. Now listen to this. This is what the Spirit of God showed me early this morning as I was meditating on this. It really connects us to the power of God. Honor connects us to the power of God. And I was so happy and blessed to see this connection because anybody can honor. Now, we, we choose to honor. We choose to highly esteem. We choose to respect, um, really, God first and others. Amen? We choose to respect and honor ourselves. We choose and respect to honor the house of God by coming. And, and you know, I, I'm kind of old-fashioned, but I think that we should wear the best that we possibly can wear to honor God when we come to worship. <laughs> Amen? And that doesn't mean you have to, you know, go buy something expensive. But, you know, I believe we should clean up and and uh, <laughs> comb our hair. and Amen? And... um Put on the best that we have so that we show honor to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Our actions we take um, toward those we honor should be actions of praise, actions of submission, and actions of obedience. And um, we see that in this scripture right here. Now, in Ephesians, it's such a powerful book, isn't it? I mean, just, I love it so much about the church and, and, uh, uh, the family, which are two institutions that God ordained and created. The church and the family. And Ephesians has so much to say about this. And I believe that the devil wants to discredit the two institutions that God ordained. So you can see it in the world today, how he tries to take away and discredit what what God has uh, ordained to be such a blessing. Family is a blessing. Amen? Fathers are a blessing. Mothers are a blessing. And certainly the church is a blessing. So we see this in even the fifth chapter of uh, Ephesians, uh, where God explains how a family should function, a man and a woman, husband and wife, and how... Uh, that the husband is to love the wife and the wife is to see that she reverence or honor her husband. It's a beautiful way of life. Hallelujah. And, and it's something that is, uh, so powerful 
that um, it, it, it can destroy the evil works of the enemy. And, and he said here, it's just as the church should be, Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. Amen. And for us to honor and reverence God and his son, Jesus. So, um, so those actions, again, of honor would include praise, submission, and obedience. Um, we, we, you know, as we express our honor, um, and, and, you know, it's not just with our mouth. The Bible says, you know, uh, Jesus said, you, you know, with your mouth you honor, but your heart is far from him. So it's, it's a heart issue, too. And, and so it's not just running our mouth all the time about we honor this and all, but it's, it's from our heart. So, um, it would include, honor would include admiration, adoration, and even awe. And, and the Bible says the fear of the Lord, you know, we, we, it's not to be afraid of God, but it's that reverential awe that we should have for the Lord. Um, David was talking to me the other day. We were talking about Brother Hagen, both of our spiritual uh, fathers, Brother Hagen, our spiritual father. And so we talk about him a lot, but so what? Amen. <laughs> um, and he was telling me that he said that Brother Hagen said, we shouldn't make the things of God commonplace. We should always keep the things of God sacred. Isn't that interesting? In other words, you, you, you esteem those things of God. You esteem the Word. You esteem what He says in His Word. Uh, you esteem His house. I, you know, I'm so blessed by our congregation because they have such an esteem for this physical building, even. Because this is where we come to worship. And, and you see people in our congregation, even before the service, they're making sure everything is nice and neat and they're putting up the American flag and they're, they're out you know, blowing off the sidewalk if there's something that's there, or vacuuming, or cleaning, amen? Just at the last minute, just to make sure that this house is is uh, respectable, <laughs> amen? It's a beautiful thing. You don't see it all the time. And um, I, I, I just love it. I love the honor that this congregation shows. So... Uh, the fear of the Lord, the Bible says, or the awe, the reverence, respect of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now remember, wisdom is the principal thing. And the Bible says the fear of the Lord or honoring God is the beginning of wisdom. So you are connecting to the wisdom of God when you honor Him. When you honor your father, today's Father's Day, when you honor your father, you are connecting to his wisdom. Let's say that again. When you honor your father, you're connecting to his wisdom. Really, anytime you honor anyone, you're connecting to their wisdom. You're, it's an anointing connector, the reverence and honor. When wives reverence their husbands, they are connecting to the anointing of God on that husband's life to guard you, to protect you, to provide for you. Isn't that interesting? Because a husband is not just supposed to be, you know, a tyrant over you. 
he's he has a responsibility to to answer to God for that household as head of that household. And so there is an anointing on him for you, wives, that will get you further than any kind of other thing. I mean, the anointing could do impossible things. So, you know, there's an anointing upon him to guide, to, to guard, and to govern that household. And when you respect that anointing upon him, and and it's it's just beautiful how the the grace of God and the love of God and the anointing of God can fill your homes. Amen. Do you believe me? Some of you know. Some of you have experienced this. And for those of you maybe who are watching on live stream, you might not even be married yet. But these are the word. These are the words of the Lord to you, um, because we want our homes to be those places of of peace and love and joy. Amen. Uh, refuge from the world. And so this is how it can become that way. Now, I just want to share a couple of things about honor, just a few more things, and then we'll go. Um, let's look at Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 and verse 1. Are you with me? Yeah. You haven't gone home yet, have you? <laughs> okay. Mark chapter 6, verse 6. And when he went out from thence and came into his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which he is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph? And of Judah and Simon are not, are all not his sisters here with us. And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And so we see this scenario of these who were familiar with Jesus growing up. They knew his family. They knew what his dad had done. They knew his sisters, his brothers. And they were offended at him because they knew him not after the spirit, but after the flesh. We grew up with him. He's no big deal. He went to our children's church. He was in our nursery. <laughs> and they did not honor him. And he spoke of this because he said, a prophet is not without honor. Honor was the whole deal here. And, and, and we don't, we don't put people on a pedestal, but we do honor what God is doing in their lives and what God has put upon them. Amen. My husband, David, is, we, we, we laugh, we goof off, we act like two teenagers most of the time and have a ball. But when it comes to the things of God or his headship in our marriage or his headship in this ministry, in this church, I listen very intently to the anointing upon his life and the spirit of God. Amen? Because see, those things, those things are eternal things, first of all. 
And then secondly, those things are to guide and direct our lives into what Jesus bought and paid for, which is life and life more abundantly. And I think when we neglect the honor like they neglected Jesus here, he could do no mighty work there. It didn't say he wouldn't do it. We've talked about this before. It it wouldn't say he wouldn't do it. I'm not going to do it because you're not honoring me. It it wasn't a matter of his will. It's a matter of his ability. They cut off the ability of God. He could do no mighty works. Well, Jesus could do whatever he wants to do. Well, there he couldn't. Because it said he could do no mighty works. So this, this, this honor is the connection to the mighty works of God. And, and I believe we have found our society in such havoc and, and unrest and upheaval because of a lack of honor. A lack of honor. And I'm, you know, I'm, I, I believe in protesting. I mean, most of us here are Protestants. (laughs) Right? Protestants. <laughs> we protested. And so I believe in that. But I believe in doing it in an honorable way. Amen. With respect for our country and for our leadership and for our police officers, etc. There is an honor that connects you to the power of God. And I'm telling you, God can get things done much faster than we can get them done by a sign and, you know, and bricks and etc. So a prophet is not without honor. In other words, he was saying here, in my country right here, among this kin, among these people, because they are not seeing nor regarding or reverencing God here, and he couldn't do anything for them except just a little bit, healed a few folks. Any other time he was with a crowd, he healed the whole multitude. The Bible says sickness departed from the midst of them. I mean, everybody, the thousands of people, everyone that came to him, he healed them all. But here in a place of dishonor, he could do no mighty works except heal a few sick folk. It's almost like, well, a couple of them had a cold and he, right? Because the power of God, the connection was not made, uh, through the dishonor that they showed. Um, so Jesus pointed that out to us, and I believe it's a very uh, vitally important issue here. Um, we are to honor the Lord, to honor each other, and then I want you to see this, and, and we'll we'll go. First Timothy chapter five. First Timothy chapter five. You know, my dad again, just mentioning him, honoring him today. I remember uh, he. Like, when I turned 18, he said, well, it's time for you to register to vote. He took me, loaded me up on my birthday. Took me down there, you're going to register to vote, you're going to be a good citizen, you're going to, you know, respect for the country. Amen? Um, and then, you know, there was a, a situation in our hometown, we're from a fairly small town, Panama City Beach, Florida. Um, and there was a time that some of our city officials, a couple of them, had gotten off track and were were in in some crookedness. Um, my dad knew about this and and so uh, he just lost respect for these, especially one man. 
because he knew what was happening. It was, it was involved with bringing drugs in. I mean, it was bad. And this city official was in on it all. And so my dad ran for office to take his place. But he didn't, he didn't get, you know, enough votes to take his place. And so, you know, this man got really mad at my father and there was some things that he did to retaliate against my dad's business. And so it had gotten really bad. We were on the front news of the paper. It was horrible, the whole situation. So my dad got down on his knees and said, Lord, what am I going to do about this situation? And this is what the Lord told him. And I'm not going to use this man's name because people could be watching from there. You even know this family. It's very wealthy, influential, powerful family. But he had just gotten to be a crook. And so uh, the, whole, the Holy Spirit told my dad, he said, I want you to call this man Mr. Now, I'm not going to say his name, so I'm just going to say Brown. Mr. Brown. Because he wasn't calling him that. He was calling him <laughs> not such a nice names. I want you to respect him and honor him because he is a, an official in this town. Now, isn't that interesting? So he did. Anytime he would refer to that man from then on. Now, this I'm a little girl, but this is teaching me respect and honor, right? Not necessarily for that man and what he was doing, but for the office that he stood in. And so he would call him Mr. Brown. And Mr. Brown is doing this and, you know, this, that. Well, it wasn't too much longer that that man was out of office and replaced by someone godly, that was good for our community. Amen. It's just amazing how when God gets involved in something, He can fix it. You know, we don't have to be the fixers of every part of our life. We can look to the Lord to fix. Aren't you glad? And He does such a marvelous job of doing what needs to be done when we do our part of honoring Him, esteeming Him, and uh, getting on our knees and praying. So, um, let's look at First Timothy chapter 5, and then we'll close with this. First Timothy chapter 5. Are you getting anything out of it? Okay, good. Well, I just want to encourage you today, and I know uh, most of you are upstanding citizens, um, but, you know, I think it's still good to, for all of us to be reminded, right? First Timothy chapter 5, look at verse 17. It says, Let the elders, now this is talking about the fivefold ministry gift, really, the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Now, can you put that up, dear Lee, in the Amplified? I think this is so important that we see double honor for the fivefold ministry gifts, that we are to show them, and in really here, it's more even financial, because then he talks about they that, uh, uh, you shouldn't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn, a laborer is worthy of his reward. So really he's talking about financial, uh, that you should bless the ministers. You know, way back when I was in a denominational church, we, we always said, you know, we gotta keep the pastor poor and humble. So they would barely give him a salary that would even cover his expenses. How horrible. That's so devilish, isn't it? And um, so here he talks about, uh, let the elders who perform the duties of their office well be considered doubly worthy of honor, 
uh, and we see in parentheses, and of adequate financial support, especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and teaching. Well, Pastor Scott, you shouldn't talk about that because you're a minister, you're a pastor, and you shouldn't. Who else is going to tell you these things? (laughs) Who else is going to teach these things? I love what Pastor Creplo Dollar said years ago. He said, we're going to have Pastor Appreciation Church, and I'm going to teach y'all how to appreciate me. (laughs) And I thought, wow, that's really, that's wild, isn't it? Who else would teach them how to appreciate him? My dad taught me how to appreciate him. My mother taught me how to appreciate her. They taught children back then how to respect, how to honor, and how to reverence. Amen? So who else would do that except pastors? Now, pastors sometimes have gotten really scared of treading into these miry waters because, you know, it's not always well received. But I've gotten... Well, last week I turned 60. So I've gotten really bold in my old age. Amen? 60 is the new 30. <laughs> but David and I said, isn't it wonderful? One thing about being old, you know, and getting up there in age is you don't care what people think. It's all, it really is all about what God thinks. <laughs> Amen? Because, you know, you have those battles all your life about caring what people think, and then you get old and you think, they didn't even care what they thought. And why did we even care what they thought? We didn't even know what they were thinking. You know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? So, so here we see that double honor, double honor. Now, now I think that, that this is important because of the anointing, right? But remember, this honor is going to connect you with the anointing with the power of God, with the wisdom of God. And I believe that's why he's saying, remember the ministers are worthy of double honor. Because when they are honored, uh, and Pastor David has traveled all around the globe for years. I've traveled. Jerry Horton has traveled all around. And we have been honored in places, and we have been completely dishonored. (laughs) And it's interesting When you are honored, when someone, when you go to preach and they get you a nice hotel room and they take you, you don't have to go to a five-star hotel, but if they just honor and they take you to the best place they can possibly find in their city and they honor you with, with, you know, their words and, and with their actions, you almost feel obligated to pray about an hour longer about that service. You almost feel obligated to say, oh my gosh, I gotta really study. These people are, you know, hungry and they're, uh, they're, I mean, the anointing, uh, will, will manifest in that kind of atmosphere. Amen? And, um, and so what, what, what will that cause? Well, it'll cause, I believe, a double anointing on the church. It'll cause a double anointing, double dose of wisdom on the body of Christ when they honor those who stand in these offices. Amen. And and again, I remember years ago when, you know, we were teaching on these subjects of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and uh we we uh said, you know, and and I said, you know, I I believe that and I'm not I'm not making a hard fast rule here either. I'm just saying in my life, I have a lot of friends, and I love my friends, and I hope they love me, but you know, I have a lot of friends, but I don't have a lot of people that's, that I trust to speak into my life 
the wisdom of God, the anointing of God, the power of God. Amen? And so those ones that I uh, submit my ministry and my life to, um, I honor them. And I respect them. Even, you know, I'll call, there's several men in my life that I call pastor. And I still call them pastor. They're my age, some of them. But I still call them pastor because I want them to know and I want myself to know that there's an anointing on you that I need. Amen? You're not just my buddy and my friend. I mean, we we were all friends, praise the Lord, with the, the Hagans. You know, we've all been over to their house. Of course, the Hortons were much closer than I was, but we've all were over at their house. We had dinner with them. You know, there's others in the body of Christ that, you know, we've been on vacation with, et cetera, et cetera. But when it came down to he's my buddy or he's the uh, the anointed voice in my life, we knew how to separate the two. Amen? They're, they're just people, yes, but there is an office that they stand in that we respect and reverence and honor because we need them. We need their voice. We need the anointing. Amen? Do you see that? And so um, I think double is it should be really big in our minds for ministers and for the fivefold ministry gifts. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So before we go, let's pray. Amen. Father, I just thank you for this time that we can learn of you and grow in you, Father, and understand the anointing of God on people's lives and even on the body of Christ. We know that we're all uh, born of you and there there is uh, something about each person in the body that speaks into our lives. And so even we honor one another, that we submit ourselves one to another. And we thank you for the anointing that it flows, that it delivers, that it removes heavy burdens and destroys the yoke of bondage in our lives. And so may we be aware, even this week, Father, of honoring one another, of honoring you and what you've done in our country and and the, the foundation of our country and, and, um, that, that we honor the church, that we honor the ministries and that we honor our family. I just pray right now if there's brokenness in families and relationships, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for working, for mending relationships where there's been uh, rifts between mothers and daughters or mothers and grandmothers, even great-grandchildren, where there's been uh, separations, where there's, where there's been dishonor. We pray now, Father, for restoration. Hallelujah. Fathers and sons, grandfathers and grandsons, even siblings, Lord, we thank you for restoration in the name of Jesus. Now, if that's you, you just just right now where you are quietly, just say, thank you, Lord, for restoring that relationship in my life. Back to a godly relationship, a loving relationship. Thank you, Lord. We put it into your hands and will not worry or care having any anxiety about it. We thank you, Father, you're working in it now. Restoring relationships, even husbands and wives, Lord, we thank you. 
For the devil tries to come and divide and bring strife, but he is bound this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you for strong, godly relationships. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And honor in the home. Honor in the home, honor in the church, honor in our country.